Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Investor Lab, the auditory epicenter for passionate people seeking a life of freedom, choice, and abundance. And on today's show, we tackle a very important topic for anyone who is buying a property, whether they be a homeowner or an investor, and that is building inspections. In fact, the guest I had today, Elias Usveen from Home Integrity um, uh, Building Consultants in WA, we went through heaps of stuff. We basically covered all of the top things that you need to know about getting a building inspection, how to choose the right building inspector. What does a building inspector do? We talk about some horror stories. We covered a lot of ground. We dig into what uh, Elias and the team do in WA and how you know what makes them uh, very good at what they do. All kinds of stuff. So it's actually quite valuable. And it's actually a topic that we have not covered on the Investor Lab podcast before is, is building inspections. So I think this episode's great. Um, we get to know a little bit more about Elias and his backstory. And it's always really great to connect and hear, and hear the journey as well. So I'm confident you're going to love this episode uh, too. So without any further ado, let's get stuck right into it. Oh, wait. Sorry, I always say that, and then I've like we've got other things, right? So if you've got any questions about this episode or any questions you would like us to answer on the show, feel free to email them through to til at dash dot com dot au. That's til at dash dot com dot au. Now that that has been said, without any further ado, let's get stuck right into it, and I'll see you on the inside. Hey guys, welcome back to the Investor Lab. Joining me today is Elias Ustveen from Home Integrity Building Consultants. They are building inspector specialists in WA and are really are really close partners of Dashdot and really helping a lot of our clients. Elias, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Mate, it's a pleasure. So, mate, I want to dig in today. I want to ask, you know, building and building and building inspections, building and pairs, like all of this kind of stuff, such a critical part of the the buying process or the acquisition process of any property, whether it's an investment or a or a home. And so what I want to do today is um we've actually never even really talked about building a pest inspection on like nearly 200 episodes in on the podcast. We've never really spoken wow. about it. So, I know, okay. right? So crazy, right? So so I'd love crazy. to I'd love to use this episode as an opportunity to kind of pick apart, you know, give people some up op- because I think it's something that a lot of people don't really think about, right? Or don't really understand or don't really understand the importance of or I think it's just a bit of a black hole there for people. So I'd love to dig into um, that. But first, mate, tell mm. us a little bit about yourself. You know, who are you? Why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah, give us a bit of background. Cool. Thanks, guys. Look, it really simply, we, we like to take the problems out of property, okay? Um, for a lot of people, it's really scary buying a home. They've done a little bit of due diligence on where they want to put the kids into school, you know, how far the bus stop and the train stops away, uh, whether it's investment property for their ever home. Um, but yeah, there's houses can be a pretty daunting experience, obviously. And, mm. you know, people are spending half a million, million, $3 million plus on a house. So it can be very, very scary. So we just, we just like helping people really. Um, we're registered builders, we're structural engineers. Um, we do loads of pre-purchase building inspections. We help people solve problems with, um, defects, whether they're building a house. Um, yeah, we've got, 12 guys and we all love building and we so, all, all love construction. Why? Mm. Why? Like where did, where did it start for you though? You didn't like, did you at five years old when someone said, Hey, yeah. do, what do you want to be when you grow up? And everyone said, I want to be an astronaut. And you said, I want to be, I want to run a building inspection. Like where did it come from? Like why? Um, uh, look, probably my old man um, was a, was a huge um, inspiration for me. Mm. Um, my dad's a migrant from Holland, um, kicking around in New Zealand. I've been always just hanging out with dad, doing bits and pieces. He's a plumber and boilermaker by trade, but mm-hmm. would pretty much give everything a crack. Um, I think it was just a natural progression for me to become a registered builder. 
I have built everything from aquatic centres, apartment buildings, houses, developments, renovations. Um, yeah, done all all sorts of building work. Yeah, and so so. Just to be super clear, right? So your mm. pathway started in the construction side of building, right? Correct. Yeah. So actually, actually building stuff, like actually, actually building. Yeah. Nail bag. Uh, yeah. Yep. Cracking and, around. Yep. And exactly. now, now primarily it's inspecting. Now, what we do is we get paid to look at stuff and write reports. Yeah. Exactly. So what, what? When was that transition for you? Like, when did when did you decide Ten. to put down the put down the uh, put down the nail bag and pick up the pens? Ten years ago, mate. Ten years ago, I was I was driving to Lansland with a um, which is a little surfing spot with a good mate of mine who was in real estate, and said he just re- really simply planted the seed and said, mate, you should get into building inspections. You're a, you're an awesome guy. You've got really good manner of dealing with people. You'll be able to demystify the whole inspection and building process for everyone. Mm. Um, you should you should get into building inspections. So um, that was ten years ago, and and now there's sixteen of us. So yeah, yeah, it's been great. Nice, nice. Awesome that's transition. A, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Better, better lifestyle. Better for the back too, I imagine. Yeah, a lot, lot better, mate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So uh, I'm interested. Like, did you see? Did you see a bit of a gap in the market there? Because, like, you've obviously come from a building specialization, and did you see that there was a real need for like a higher level of expertise in the market? Or tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Great question. So probably the biggest gap that I found with um, a lot of my competitors is doom and gloom and reporting on, um, you know, reasons why not to buy the house, mm. where I, I, I like to call it the way it is. Um, and I like to diagnose problems so people have a, a better understanding of the reason that ceiling is sagging or the, or, or the reason that that brickwork is cracking in that location. So um, not to gloss over issues, but just to contextualise exactly what's going on so people can make a really informed decision. Whereas I find a lot of other uh, building inspection companies just like to report on doom and gloom. Oh, you know, you, you're lucky you got us into the, the inspection. We've saved you thousands of dollars. I like to think of uh, reasons why people want to buy the house, not not why people don't want to buy the house. Yeah, it's a really interesting perspective because I reckon I've looked at, I don't know, thousands maybe certainly hundreds and hundreds of building reports uh, mm-hmm. from all parts of the country, right? So I've seen them from all kinds of different companies in all different states, all of the different stuff, right? And one yeah. common trend is that they always, always read like a horror story, right? They always yeah. do, right? Now, now to, to be fair and to give some context around that, usually the conversation with the um, building inspector is something along the lines of like, well, we need to point out all of the problems. But by the way, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, like, you know, I'll give you the real, I'll give you the real kind of lay of the land off, off record, basically, right? So not on paper. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of, it kind of makes sense as well. But like, how? One of the problems that I see with that is, is that people receive these reports, and it can bloody give them a heart attack. You know, they can be like, oh my god, the place is trashed. And really, it could be a couple of minor issues. So how do you, how do you navigate that fine line between? Telling it like it is, but not over dramatizing what it is. How do you walk that line? Uh, look, I think that's that's really the art of uh, what's made Home Integrity uh, who they are today. Um, we get referred into ninety percent of our work just because of the way we deal with and you know all all stakeholders, sellers, buyers, agents, um, wh- whoever it is. Mm. 
and and like I said, it's 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 about compartmentizing all of the all of the issues. And like if it's a, if it's a leaking shower, for argument's sake, leaking showers mm. are, are, are never great. But understanding is it a plumbing issue? Is it a tiling issue? Is it so, something beyond that? Um, does do all the tiles have to be ripped up and a new waterproof membrane put in, or is it just a silicon joint between the floor and the wall tiles? So just having a really deep understanding of of what the issue is and giving the the buyer some context around well is it a is it a three hundred dollar repair or is it a a fifteen thousand dollar remodel um yeah that pe- people really appreciate that yeah so totally. that's ultimately what they do mm. yeah yeah totally it's really interesting insight right because I guess seeing are they problems or solutions because right it could be a leak in the shower but it's like well, leaking shower. If you just said to someone, "Hey, the property's got a leaking shower," right? That person who receives that information might be like, "Oh my god, this could be the end of the world." Oh, it could be like, "There's a leaking shower and it's a fifty dollar fix," or it's yeah. a leaking shower and it's a five hundred dollar fix, or it's a leaking yeah. shower and it's a fifteen thousand dollar fix. I have this thing with all of our property managers. They tend to email us and they're like, "Hey, um, you know, can we fix this thing?" And I'm sort of like, "Well." What's like, give me, give me a ballpark. And they're like, oh, we can't give estimates or whatever. I'm like, is it a $50 problem, a $500 problem, a $5,000 problem, or a $50,000 problem? That's all I need to know to be able to make a better and more informed decision. So I think that's a really good trying to reframe that and give people context around like, well, this is actually the scale of it and this is the solutions. It, you've, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. Exactly. That's, exact, that's exactly right. People, people are quite... Uh, accepting that their secondhand home comes with some maintenance issues. They just mm. want to know some context around what the repair looks like. They just don't just want to be delivered with a, a poo sandwich and, okay, go away and deal with it yourself. What what they're looking for is solutions. And I think that's the space that we um, offer most value in. Mm. How have yeah. you, because you, um, you're all over Perth and, you know, North Perth, South of Perth, right? How have you seen we the are. market change over there? You said you got into this about 10 years ago. That's a very interesting time to get into uh, into Mate, the property sector in in WA. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, well, apparently when I started Home Integrity, it was the worst real estate market uh, per WA seen in eighteen years, and I, ma- I managed to actually grow the business year on year um, up to what it is today um, through that through that time, um, which is which has been quite interesting. I don't know. We get we get referred into into work, whether it's the agent, whether it's the settlement agent, conveyancer, or even the mortgage broker. Mm. Um, it might be the, the the seller. So we might even be doing a, an inspection on a house in, on behalf of a buyer, and that seller wants to buy a house themselves, and we'll end up doing an inspection for them. So I know it's. I, I think it's just all about being a nice. A nice human goes in this in this market, whether it's a seller's market or a buyer's market. You know, pe- people want reasons to move. Um, pe- people have uh, yeah circumstances in their life where they've got to mo- move house, and we just want to, like I said, demystify and take the problems out of that whole transaction for them. And over the last ten years in Perth, have you seen a change in 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 the type of buyer? Like you know, I imagine at a certain point it was mostly owner occupiers looking to buy a home and move and maybe there's more investors now have you noticed anything like that from yourself anecdotally uh i think the last two years we've seen a lot of people 
upgrading and wanting to buy, um, like, you know, with, with the COVID issues, you know, people not going on, on holidays and moving around as much. We've seen a lot of people wanting to upgrade their houses. Um, we've seen slightly less investor activity because the rental market's so tight over here in, in Western Australia in particular, um, which ha- has opportunities and, and risks associated with it, obviously. Mm. But yeah, I, I think that predominantly they've been um, owner occupiers. Yeah, interesting. Mm. That was a very interesting, and I just, I just want to clarify something I said there. So, very tight rental market over there, right? It's unbelievable. Which is, yeah, it's ridiculous, right? It's completely, it's bonkers, right? Yeah. And you said that that represents opportunities for investors, which of course it does, right? And also yeah. risks. What what risks do you see coming from that? Oh, good question. Um, I think just get, just finding the right property. Yeah. Ultimately, um, identifying, obviously, this is not a space that I'm in. This is more, more your expertise, yeah. Goose. But I, I think the risk for a investor is, yeah, just not like, understanding that it is a tight a tight market, but making the right decision on the right property for the, for the right reasons. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because it's not yeah. it's not just it's not just a tight rental market. It's a tight it's a tight buying market, right? It's and a so, tight, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, it can be pretty tricky to make sure that you're not getting caught in the um caught in the in the fray of just like the activity and yeah. buying random stuff. So. Exactly. There's a lot of excitement for it's a it's a different driver. Obviously, it's you know it's it's a it's more of a emotional buy for someone upgrading and wanting to move the kids and the family to a to a better house and a better lifestyle mm. versus uh, an investor driven decision. So um, investors trying to compete with an emotional buyer is is it, it can be yeah quite difficult. Yeah, totally. A lot of Speak, FOMO. Speaking of that, right? So when you're dealing with homeowners versus investors, right? Let's say you mm-hmm. do it. You do an inspection report, right? Who's more? Who's who gets more upset if there's issues with the property? Like if if there's a homeowner buying a property and it's like, okay, you know, here's a few things that are broken or whatever around it. Is it more that investors look at it pragmatically and say, okay, there's a few things that we need to fix there, and that's cool? Or is it homeowners that go, oh my god, this is my dream home, and I can't believe this thing's wrong with it? Who's actually, you know, we're, I'm interested in that. I I think. Um, investors, like I said previously, are quite realistic that their second-hand home comes with some maintenance issues. Um, the person upgrading for um, emotional reasons is quite enamoured in the whole process and they tend to overlook um, issues and, oh, that's all right, I, I get the retaining walls falling down. We'll, we'll, as, long, as long as it's not going to kill anyone, we'll, we'll get to that later. We just want to move into the suburbs. Mm. So. I think when it's such a hot market, which it has been for the last couple of years, a lot of a lot of buyers um, are very very accepting, more more accepting than usual. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah. that's funny because you can kind of see how that would be playing. I'd probably do the same thing. I'd be like, nah, nah, it's great. We'll just do it later. Yeah. But if I was, in, is, <laughs> if it was an investment choice, I'd be like, well, we've got to knock. You know, if the retaining wall's falling down, like, what are we going to negotiate off the price? You know, sort of thing. So, no, exactly. What, well, tell me, what are the um, what are the top, what are the top, say, three things that people need to be thinking about when they, well, you know, as they're approaching this part of the purchasing process, like when they're thinking about getting a building inspection, how do they need to be thinking about this? The biggest problem we see quite often is when buyers don't understand the condition that they've signed up to. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's all very well asking the building inspector to do a really detailed inspection of the property, um, and and it varies across states. Okay, so we get eastern state buyers coming over um, to WA. There's a lot of eastern state buyers that have come over that want to move their families, and the, the process is very different over over here. Over east, it's a, the calling off period. You go do all your due diligence, negotiate the offer based on your, all your due diligence. It's really simple. In Western Australia, it's very, very different. It's more of a conditional sale. So the um, the seller will put a condition in the contract, which we'll talk about structural defects and um, and perhaps uh, termite issues. Um, then the the buyer needs to go get a report, and basically, if the report says there are structural issues or termite issues, then it's up to the seller to remedy those issues. If the seller doesn't want to remedy those issues, then the buyer can get out of the contract. Mm. Now. That's good and it's bad. It's quite a narrow scope for the for the poor buyer. So if there's a leaking shower, generally not covered for the seller to fix. If there's a leaking roof, not covered for the seller to fix. Mm. Um, only major structural defects. And it's really important people understand what the definition of major structural defects are. And I think that gets glossed over when people are buying their, their houses. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Right. So number mm. one, number one thing is understand the Understand the contract that you signed them when you're buying the property. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, because yeah. because in WA you can you can get due, uh, due diligence clauses wound into the contract too, but you've got to you've got to know you've got to know that you've got to get that kind of you're really going to yeah, get that and, stuff wound in. And you've got to ask the question. And and if it's a competitive buying environment, there's you know there's there's three buyers all all wanting to put their hat in the ring. Yeah. And two but two buyers have got conditions, and one buyer hasn't got a condition. Yeah. And they're all around the same sort of price. Um, it's pretty obvious which uh, offer is more attractive to the seller. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, mm. so number one thing that people need to be thinking about is make sure you understand your contract conditions. Yeah, I've actually been in a situation before uh, the first property we bought where we didn't really understand the contract, and the guy who was selling us the property, um, well, I can't remember. We got some advice to basically go finance unconditional different context, mm-hmm. but to go find it. They were like, "Don't worry about it. You can get finance. Just go finance unconditional as soon as you sign sign the contract." And we're like, <laughs> "Yeah." Yeah, no worries. And then, yeah, sure. you know, so, so anyway, we managed to work that out eventually. But um, understanding the conditions of your contract is, is critical. What what else should people be thinking about as they're, uh, what's the kind of next thing that they need to be thinking about? Hire a competent, experienced building inspector. So apart from Queensland, there's no uh, requirements for qualifications or licensing or regulations around building inspectors. So any, any, anyone can... Um, pick up an iPad and go to building inspections. Well, then, how do so, you know? How can you how can you find a good one? How do you aside from obviously if you're in if you're in the Perth region in WA, obviously work with Home Integrity, yeah. of course, little, plug, little <laughs> of course. plug there, of course. But yeah, if they're somewhere else you. in Australia, if they're somewhere else in Australia, then how do they? How could they tell if someone is the right person for them? Okay, there's two there, there, there's two things I would ask as an absolute bare minimum. Are, are you a registered builder? So each state has a, a building commission type um, regulatory body. So yeah. ask for the builder's registration number, not a license number or anything weird like that. It's a builder's registration number. Mm. Ask for that and then make sure that they've got professional indemnity insurance. So mm. if something goes sideways or something gets missed, um, then you can uh, act on the professional indemnity insurance to, to save, um, yeah, to save your backside. Got it. Got it. Okay. Mm. So make sure you get the right person for the job. Check that they're a registered builder and that they've got professional identity insurance. And is there yeah. any uh is there anything else that people should be thinking about in this this kind of part of the journey? 
Look, getting both inspections done at the same time, like the building inspection and the pest inspection, is is like really really prudent. Um, yeah. All of our inspectors are registered builders, and we're also qualified to inspect for timber pests. Um, there, there, it's interesting you say that because there was a a case in Brisbane uh, not too long ago where the buyer, um, I won't say got talked out of, but um, understood there was a competitive environment in bidding on this particular house. Mm. She forgo the building and pest inspection um, only to find out about six months later that the house was riddled with termites. And um, yeah, the house unfortunately ended up needing to get knocked down. Yeah, unreal. Yeah, so I... she, bought, she bought a $600,000 block. Uh, ouch, mm. ouch. Yeah, ouch. All right. Okay, so get the building inspection done at the same time as the pest inspection, right? That's cool. That makes sense. What about plumbing and electrical? Like, do you think that people, I know that's probably outside of your scope, right? But um, do you think people should get a, a plumbing and electrical inspection for every property they buy and stuff? What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Right. Okay. So in WA, um, most uh, offering acceptances include what's called a good working order inspection mm. um or it's called a good working order warranty so it's it's not a condition like the structural and the termite um it's a warranty and it warrants that the electrical plumbing gas fixtures and fittings will be in good working order mm. at time of settlement so what a lot of astute buyers are getting us to do as part of our structural and termite checks we are doing good a good working order check mm. for our buyers but the buyers are giving the report to the sellers saying, hey, look, we understand there's going to be a pre-settlement inspection done. Um, these are all the issues that have been identified up front. Just please make sure these are all done before settlement. And a lot of, a lot of sellers are actually quite appreciative of that information. They're going away, fixing light globes, fixing uh, hot plate ignitions, making sure they've got their alarm codes in check, batteries for the, for the uh, smoke alarms and the... Um, remote controls for the split air cons. Then the buyer's coming through five days before settlement, everything's checked, everything's working. It's a, it's a nice experience for the buyer. They're coming through and they're just figuring out, you know, which kid's got what bedroom and uh, which wall the flat screen TV's going on instead of arguing over little, little maintenance issues that um, the, the seller had already obligated to fix. Well, that covers, so, the kind of like, that covers the kind of like the maintenance kind of stuff and that all make, that makes sense. What about, yep. you know, just in the same way that a building inspector, I mean, it'd be good to, like, maybe, well, what does a building inspector even do? Like, like because I, I kind of know, you get in the roof cavity, you have a look under the yep. you look at the stumps, you know, you're getting right in around it. So I'd love to kind of circle back to that. Like, what, what the hell does a building inspector even actually do when they go to the property? Is it just like tick a box? But on that, in that yeah. context, in that context as well, like getting a plumbing and electrical inspection as well seems like it would probably be a good idea as well for the underlying things that you might not see when you're flicking switches. Yeah, look, and, and, and we, we do. So some clients that are buying older houses that might have older wiring and, um, mm. you know, the old circuit, the old uh, fuse fuse boxes, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, they, they do. And, and we do have one of our guys who is a registered mm. builder and he's also a licensed electrician, Pete, and he'll go through and do a full electrical inspection. But again, um, it's up to the buyer to make sure that due diligence is written into the contract. So there's no mm. point, and it, and and what action is the seller going to take when a when a problem is found? So, you know, if it's to the buyer's satisfaction, then that's quite open ended and quite risky for the seller. Um, and sellers aren't going to be happy with that. 
but it's good, but it's good for the buyer. So it's a bit of a, a double-edged sword, and 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 a good agent will find a a, a balance between you know what's going to um, keep the buyer on side and what they're going to be able to get across the line from the seller. Mm. So um, so to answer your question on older houses, absolutely, I'd recommend a full plumbing check and an electrical check. Um, that that is the ultimate in due diligence for sure. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Okay, so back to the question I had a second ago. What the hell does a yeah. building inspector actually do? Go to the house. You've got an iPad. You tick some boxes. Got a What's, torch. Yeah. Got some nice yeah. What, what happens? Yeah, yeah. What happens? Tell us. Give us the give us the nitty gritty. Yeah. Really simple. So um, we'll check the footings, the ground slab, the timber floor, the stumps. Um, we'll check all the walls. We'll check the ceiling frame, roof frame, um, retaining walls. So that's a basic structural check. So that that gets done regardless. That's 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 module zero. Um, and what we're looking for there is structural defects to the to the structural elements okay so if the connection's being pulled apart if the wall's um not performing its intended structural um performance if the wall if the the floor's bowing uh if a if a stump has been chewed out by a termite all, all of those sorts of things are in the basic structural checks and that's done regardless of what level of inspection the client has chosen to go for Mm. Then um, we'll get on the roof. We'll check all of the roof cover, gutters, flashes, downpipes, um, any penetrations through the roof. Is the roof going to leak or does it have the potential to leak? Um, we'll check surface water drainage is really important around the property. So is the stormwater getting away from the property? Is it impacting on the damp proof course? Is it you know um, causing erosion to the foundation material? That's really, really important. Um, and then there's Appendix C of the Australian Standard. That talks about all the building elements. So then we can check things like windows, doors, ceilings, insulation, driveways, pathways, patios, pergolas, um, fences, gates. Um, there's 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 really everything. And so it can be just the basic structural checks or absolutely every building element. So mm-hmm. and everything in between. So it depends on the type of buyer, really. Mm. Some buyers just want to stick to the basic contractual conditions and some buyers need a lot more clarity and a lot more information to make an informed decision. Yeah, it's interesting, yeah. isn't it, right? Because you, you want to go in eyes wide open, I would have thought. Yeah, look, 100%, but it's, you know, it's the difference between spending $330 on an inspection and $895. You know, one inspection might take uh, two hours plus report writing. The other inspection might take five hours plus report writing. So it's a very... Mm. Very different. Um, you know, one one might be 10, 15 pages long. The other might be 40 to 80 pages long. Yeah, got it. So, got it. Yeah. Good insights. What's the biggest mm. kind of, what's the biggest horror story or whatever that you've seen? Like maybe a uh, a property you inspected, it was just like, you know. Well, it's a tough, that's a, that's a good one. We see some really interesting stuff. We do about 8,000 inspections a year. So we see the good, the bad and the ugly. There's, there's no question. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's either it's either termite damage. Um, we've seen some really, really bad termite damage. It's really surprising um, how how often we find termites. Most of the time, they're not really affecting the building structure. They're just chewing out a, a bit of timber that's in contact with the ground or an old stump. They're doing what termites do, and yeah, it, a lot of the time it's okay. But sometimes the sneaky little buggers will crawl up behind a downpipe and like chew out half the roof. And you know, we've we've had to carefully back out of some roof voids because 
you know, we've stood on a, on a ceiling joist and it's crumbled under your foot sort of thing. And it's like, well, we've got a pr proper infestation here. So we've seen that. Um, subsidence is a really interesting one as well. Um, it's subsidence is, you know, it predominantly, you, you know, you'll see some, some minor horizontal cracking or some major horizontal cracking at around chest height or sort of head height around the outside of the property. And they'll, be replicated um, on the inside of the property and what what that is it's a it's a telltale sign of a much larger issue and quite often there'll be some um, undermining of the footing the foundation material will get washed away there'll be a a, um, a down pipe or a soak well in close proximity to that part of the building that um, has eroded and a, a lot of a lot of the time these things will go undetected until the house gets put on the market um, but yeah, subsidence is a is a, a inexpensive fix. It's and what, getting easier now. Yeah. And what happens in these kind of scenarios where, like, you know, someone's selling a house and they might not realise that it's stuffed, basically, right? Yeah. Well, the the good thing is the the clients that we've we've come across, and I I don't know, uh, which is a function of who who the the nice people we deal with, but we we, we find that most of the time buyers just want to do the right thing you know mm. they, they they're unaware of this issue and when they when they when we uncover an issue like this um, they're like oh my god we didn't even know like what can we do to, to fix it life you know can you can you assist is there anything um anyone you can recommend so we we can we can we don't get directly involved in the fixes ourselves because we think that's a bit of a conflict of interest so Oh, you know, we've found a problem, and by the way, we can come and fix it for you. Yeah, um, so, yeah, we, we try and stay away from that. Well, we do stay away from that. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we find buyers do want to do the right thing most of the time. Mm. Yes. And, and where, where they um, sellers. are. Um, the sellers, sorry, or buyers yeah. as well. But, yes, the sellers uh, do want to do the right thing most of the time. And, and look, that's, that's the mechanism in the contract, you know, where, where, they, where they can't or they're unable to um, rectify the issue, that's where the buyer's got the right to terminate the contract. Yeah. Yes. Got it. Got it. So mm. can I, I want to shift gears a little bit. What, sure. what, what motivates you to, to do this, to, to wake up every day and do this? Like what is, what's driving you? Like what, what are your goals? I, I get a huge kick out of helping people. I, I, I really, really ingrain in the guys and all of the girls that work for us. Um, we, we just, we, I, it's just, there's, there's something about um, sending the report through, walking someone through the report and the amount of appreciation and gratitude we get from clients. Oh, thank you so much, Elias. I really appreciate you going through that property. You know, you, you, you've identified some issues that we didn't even know about and you've walked us through the issues. We get review after review of just how appreciative people are of the verbal debrief, just not lumping up with the report in their inbox and saying, okay, see you later, enjoy. Um, it, it's, it's just really nice making that human connection, just walking someone through a, a massive investment that they're going to be making when they're, when they're, in, in a time that they really need a confidant. They really need someone in their corner. They need someone that they can rely on. And being that person is, um, is, is really awesome. We love awesome. it. Awesome. Love it. Love it. And so you started this about 10 years ago, right? You're going to business, yeah. you got 10 to 16. Fast forward 20 years from now, or even mm -hmm. 10 years for that matter, 
Where okay, do you, yep. Where do you, where do you see where do you see yourself? Where do you see what does life look like for you? I'd, I'd be retired and surfing lots in Margaret River. <laughs> <laughs> but in, awesome. in order in order to get to that to that place, um, we want to emulate what we're doing here in in Western Australia, really across the country. There's there's no quick question. We've got we've got a lot more love to give. Um, a lot of buyers and sellers around mm. the country. Um, there's absolutely no reason why the success that we've achieved here in Western Australia, we can't um, continue and help more buyers uh, through the rest of the country. Um, it's a it's a really simple model we've got. It's just it's centered around being a good human and being nice to people and being super helpful and adding lots of value. And yeah, that that's that's what we want to continue to do across the country. Nice. And if you could go back twenty years, right? Go meet. Mm-hmm. Go back. Meet your former self twenty years ago. What advice would you give you? What advice would you give your twenty years younger self? Great question, Goose. I, you know, I'm not unhappy with the pathway where I got to where where we are today. It's kind of like you need to go through a bit of trial by fire, and I needed to do lots of building work, and I needed to, um, you know, run some other businesses to understand, you know, what the culture piece is at home integrity, why staff are so important, why it's so important to be, um, you know, a, a great leader and what that involves. And it's kind of like I needed to go through all of that, well, some adversity in my life to really appreciate what I've got today to be grateful for. Um, so uh, I, I'm not sure that I would do anything different. Um, I guess I would have liked to have sped it up but I don't. I don't think I would have got the same outcome today had I um, tried to fast track it. Because when I was younger, I was. I did feel like I was in a bit of a hurry. But now I'm. Um, I'm smelling the roses more, and um, yeah, it's been. It's been a much better journey. Awesome. What does it? Um, what does being a good leader mean to you? What do you think? The like. What. What. What makes. What makes a good leader? I think l- listening uh, to your. To, to to all of all of my guys and girls, um, g- giving them uh, lots of autonomy, um, mm. making sure that you know that they they're contributing to the team. It's not it's not all about just a, a building inspector doing a great job and having an awesome debrief with the client. You know, it's it's so much more than that. It's the it's the marketing team that gets the lead that we. You know, we put all our marketing efforts together that the messaging is is just perfect. It's the girls in the office um, taking the booking and understanding the client's requirements and, you know, dealing with the client's emotions at the time and, you know, walking them through all the different options. Um, so it's a, it's a holistic approach and it's something that we celebrate holistically. So when we do get a good review, it's not just about you know, oh, well, well, well done, Jeremy, or well done, Dean, or congratulations, Mike. It's a, it, it's it's Cindy, it's Joe, it's Anne, it's Michelle, it's it's Glenn, it's it's everyone involved in the team. It's um yeah, we've got to take everyone along for the for the ride. Good, mm. Mm. love it. And um, I want to ask another question. So you said that if you, you feel like um you had to go through some adversity, right, in order to be able to appreciate where you're at right now do you think it's possible for a philosophical question do you think it's possible to have gratitude without adversity i think it's we're getting deep now Uh, i think it's i think it's harder goes i think it's i I think it's a put it this way i think it's a 
different level of appreciation. Mm. I think, you know, when, you, when you've gone through some hard times in whatever it is, your life, your business, um, and you're, you, you experience a little speed bump in the next business that you have or the next relationship you have, um, you can draw back on your previous experiences and you can think to yourself, this is nothing compared to what I previously went through. It's like you can, you can push through much quicker Mm. I, I I think, and yeah, things become way more clearer, and uh, it's a really good perspective driver. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I love that because I actually think I think you're right because once you've, you know, just to put it bluntly, if you've eaten shit, right, when you go to eat it again, you already know what it tastes like, so it's a lot easier to get it down, basically, <laughs> right? So. Um, yeah, are we going there? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm hearing you. Yeah, yeah, so it's. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's really, and so like now, like everyone faces challenges and all of that kind of stuff. Now I know that when I face challenges and stuff, I'm like, I, I stop and catch myself and I'm like, oh, this is one of those moments where I, this is actually going to make things easier and faster later on. Like, cool, this might be challenging now, but later on, this is going to speed me up, you know? So. Oh, good. Exactly. Like we get, we get a lot of really good reviews, like really, really good reviews and I'm like, I'm so grateful and thankful that we're getting these good reviews. But when we get the odd bad one, I get excited because- How good is what it? it? Just get to work what out it, what to fix. Exactly. Exactly. I think, oh, you know, we've got to tighten up that funnel. Oh, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to fix up our offer a little bit. There's something that's mm. gone wrong here. We've got to, you know, we've got, we've, we've got to tighten up the way we do things. It, it, it's a real, real opportunity for me. And my staff kind of spin out sometimes because like I get a little bit excited about- you know these problems that we got that we get to solve, but I just see it as an opportunity to 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 tighten up the way we do things and make things better for clients. Awesome, awesome, love it. Yeah. Well, Elias, I've um I've really enjoyed the chat. We've covered a lot of ground today. Is there we anything have. else? Is there anything else you wanted to chuck in there before we wrap it up, or do you think we've covered it? I think we've been um <clears throat> it's been a deep dive on building inspections. Um, it's a it's changing market conditions at the moment. I I, I feel in in Australia, um. People are always buying, people are always selling um, and due diligence and understanding what you're buying is is absolute paramount and key on such a massive investment. So uh, I, I think we've uh, we've covered all bases, Goose. Awesome. Mate, great to have you on the show. Um, thanks for your time. My pleasure. I look forward to speaking to you again soon.